Hello and welcome to the OMG Movie Podcast, where your MGs, Michael and Matthew, review and discuss the best movies from each year to crown the overall most great movie. Join us as we debate and rate how well movies accomplish their goals, provide memorable moments, and leave lasting legacy. Oh my god. 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 I call them the OMG. Oh my god. 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 Hello and welcome to another movie breakdown with your OMGs. I am Matthew and sitting across is Mr. Michael. Mr. Michael. How are you doing, Mr. Michael? Uh, I am in the mood. I, I will say that the there's something about a repurpose musical where it like repurposes existing songs yeah. that I mean you're only going to do that when you select songs that are usually fairly popular or at least that you can make into an interesting version and so that is something that excites me and there were a few that were kind of uplifting or yeah that got me kind of feeling it especially going through some of the clips so yeah. I, I'm in a can-can attitude if I may say so myself yeah, I mean you're you're playing with like uh with like a juiced bat in this scenario with a musical. When you're coming <laughs> in with like, all right, these are bangers. We don't got to worry about original score. I think mm-hmm. you're setting you know, you're setting yourself up for success. Uh, it it throws in the element. Like, I'm not a musical fan, and uh, we'll get that. We'll address this right from right yeah, from. Yeah, we the got to. Here. The reason I Is don't that, like. Yeah. Yeah, the reason I don't like musical musicals typically is because there's no reason for the singing to happen. <laughs> I don't like the sudden breaking of reality where we're singing our feelings. This is pretty standard fare when it comes to reasons why not to like a musical. I'm just not, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not a musical guy. I don't sing in, my, in the shower. <laughs> I'm silent in the shower. I listen. I don't contribute the noise. Um, it's a little known fact that you live at a graveyard. Yes, is that? <laughs> I just live really and like right on top of old people, so I got to be very mm-hmm. quiet. Always very quiet, quiet all the time. Um. Anyway, what are your general thoughts on a musical and on the on the genre of musicals? And it, I, I appreciate where you're coming from in that, like the idea of like that magical realism is that, you know, a lot of musicals, the idea is that you're singing your feelings and that a lot of times multiple people can be connected by the emotions they're feeling, even if they're not in the same spot or by singing the same song, we as the audience are able to connect them more. And in general, I'm a fan of that. I think mm-hmm. for me, my enjoyment of a musical almost completely comes down to the songs. Are the songs enjoyable? Are they memorable? Are they things that I'm going to hum or sing in the shower? I I, I am a little more vocal, apparently, in my uh, showering <laughs> daily duties. Um, but no, I think that's, to me, what makes a musical you know, uh, you know, kind of come, uh, come above the crowd is how good is the music? Yeah, 
Sure. And that, that's an important element to musicals that don't repurpose songs too. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that that's a, a factor that anyone who's watching a musical wants. They want a catchy mm. tune. And we'll get into it when we get into the scene by scene or the, I guess, um, sizzle by sizzle breakdown of, of mm-hmm. Mulan. But my favorite song, which I, I don't know if this is everyone's favorite song, happens near the mm-hmm. end of the movie. And like that's one that they fully interpret as they're mm-hmm. singing it, which I do give them credit for because you need to not just pick bangers as we talked about you need to pick <laughs> songs that you know you can artistically weave into the plot and yeah. there's a couple of the songs in this movie that i feel like are home freaking runs but yeah. some not so much looking at you like I, a person. I, i'm talking about oh, oh, yeah, that one Woo, uh, get ready for yeah. the foul category on that yeah. one oh, but we're talking roxanne i mean mm. light it up that's a scene of the year <laughs> Uh, and I agree. And I will also say, probably for me, because that one is the most like, probably one of my go-to movie musicals that I like to use as my comparison, because it feels like most people have watched it, and it's right around the same time as Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I felt that that Roxanne song and you know component of it was the most like a chicago version of a musical where they i think they did a really good job in that movie of completely separating when we do a music like we're showing you here's what might actually be really happening and then here's kind of the magical realism them and you know interpreting what's going on whereas this movie i think didn't do a very good job of blending the you know, magical realism of people singing together or singing their emotions with what could actually be happening in the real world. And we'll, I think we'll get into that a little more, especially in the uh, farcical uh, components of the movie. Yeah. Which there are a lot. Um, So let's talk a little bit about some of the themes. So it, it, Mm -hmm. or the, the genres, it it definitely is a musical. We can, we can check that one off the list. Um, mm-hmm. Number two and three, I think, are close on what it could be. It's definitely a romance. Definitely romance. Um, and I would throw drama in there as well. But... I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, that's where I, I would honestly say I would have a discussion on what the third genre is. Because if I'm, you know, if we're like, again, we're in the imaginary blockbuster of our mind and we're trying to decide what what movie are we in the in the mood for? Well, you better be in the mood for a musical. If not, skip this movie. Right. You better be in the mood for a romance. If not, probably skip this movie. And to me, the third thing that this movie is trying to do is comedic. I think it's much more trying to emphasize some of the comedic aspects more than the drama. Yeah, I would agree. I would say that the comedy slash whimsical element mm-hmm. to the movie, uh, not to not to give too big of a spoiler to the to the the, the general review coming up next but that was mm. the weakest component for me i believe yes. the romance the 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 singing and the musical elements were good it mm. was the comedy that was a little bit like all right this is this shouldn't this, is, this shouldn't be here take it a little bit more seriously and i'd be into it yeah we're we're gonna we'll have to get into a pretty deep discussion as we move forward about this particular director and how every, every time I've seen something of this director, it feels like he doesn't understand, or like we just do not have the same interpretation of how to show comedy or do timing. 
This man, there's so many cartoonish sound effects in this movie. At a point, you could like not watch it and think you're watching Looney Tunes with the oh, bing, yeah. bang, zoink. We'll play a couple of those scenes. I did, with, with Baz, with, with Baz Luhrmann, I feel like his interpretation of comedy is through the lens of like a stage production. Yeah. And like if you've ever seen like a Cirque du Soleil or something like that, and they bring in mm-hmm. like the clown element, and it's mm-hmm. like the over-the-top slapsticky stuff mm-hmm. that's like in your face. Like it, it, it's, I think for people like the musical audience or like the the people who would go see a circus, mm-hmm. I don't know if they had a sense of humor. So I think a lot of it was like let's just be very obvious and upfront with what the humor is in this scene and just mm-hmm. beat it over the head because nothing is understated. Nothing, and yeah. there's a lot of the plot that you do need to kind of make connections to and see um, the, the the artistic parallel between the story that they're writing and what they're actually mm-hmm. living. I think that's a very, um, an artsy element that is kind of takes a little bit of uh, d- discovery to, to unravel what's going on, but the comedy is just too obvious. Yeah. And obviously, you know, this man, this uh, this director obviously does the the William and Shakespeare with Leo and, and Claire Danes as well. And you can tell, like, the, he has a very good visual style. Like, I can't deny that every movie I've seen of his has a very interesting visual language. And I think he chooses interesting plots. Like, I think that this plot is actually a pretty well thought out, you know, meta plot where it's like, we're making a movie about a play, about a play being made about a song. You know, it's like, (laughs) there's so many layers of it that I think do lead to a lot of really good, interesting ways of doing farce and comedy. And every time they do a farce or comedic scene, it falls incredibly flat for me. In, in some ways, because like most of the scenes end up in a song. And I think for the most part, the songs are good. I don't think there's too many that are cut them. There's maybe two in the movie. I'd be like, definitely don't like, want to watch that again. But yeah. almost every other one's has like, every every other song or every other like large scene has an element to it that's watchable, which leads us to let's let's go into our general grade before we do our um, our breakdown of the movie more in depth for those of you that might want to watch. This is uh, fairly a spoiler free. We've, 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 we've yeah, not gone too deep into the specifics. If you wanted to, if not, feel free to stick around and continue in, continue down the road. But for now, we are going to give you our general take if this movie was a O, an M, or a G. Is it outstanding? Is it memorable? Or is it garbage? Why don't you go ahead and start us off? Uh, so I have this as a memorable movie. It's it rises above the level of garbage, especially over some of the ones that we've seen from this year in in this uh, little tournament tournament of somewhat <laughs> champions. Uh, but it doesn't rise the level to me where I think everyone needs to watch it or everyone who would watch it would enjoy it. Or even that if you are a fan of musicals or romances that you would necessarily like this one. So it doesn't quite get to, for me, to that O level. Yeah. And that's a, it's, I'm right in between. Yeah, I can imagine. Like, I'm I a can low imagine. O or a high <laughs> M. And I, I have to give that, and it was really teetering near the end. Because mm. after, I mean, you're, you're floating on the high of Roxanne. I'm like, this is an O. 
I'm giving it to it. And in the last like 30 minutes, I'm just like, I want something more. But Mm -hmm. I don't think it flubs entirely at the end. So I am going to give it a O. But it's going to be entry level O. But it's a good movie. It definitely is what I would recommend that you see. If you haven't seen it, and even if you're not a fan of musicals, check it out. I think there's good acting. I think the story actually is pretty well done and interesting all the way through. There's a a couple points that the story drags, but overall, good experience. I don't think that the fouls are bad enough to take it down Mm -hmm. to to an M for me. So yeah, I'm going to give it to it. And it's not necessarily, again, an O. All O's are not the same. This is a pretty pretty big, robust 30-point area, but for me, it's an O. All right. I mean, hey, you, that that is one of the biggest shocks I think of of all of OMG <laughs> so far oh. is that not only does that mean that guaranteed you you're scoring this higher than I am, but that we're in different letter categories is yeah. is shocking to me. On a musical. On a musical. I yeah, I don't know what to tell you right now. I am I am flabbergasted. Well, with, with <laughs> I'm excited to break this thing down to see if uh See Let's where see. exactly you're you're coming from. See where you're coming from and see where I'm coming from. Let's start us off with some opening narration. Boy, do we love some opening narration. And boy, do we have a lot of it in the 2000s. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah, a lot of narration and for the love of for the love of all's holy, why do we keep this stupid conceit of we got to tell you that someone's going to die yeah. in the first 2 minutes of a movie like to remove all all shadow of a doubt. Uh, but anyway, yeah, let's hear some it's, narration. <laughs> well, but before we get to it's even it's it's not even foreshadowing. No. Because th- this is the future where we jump in after the events of the movie have just ended is is basically yes. how we start. And we 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 learn what just happened. We learn mm-hmm. that uh, the main the I forget the it's not it's like, what's her name? No, her name. Oh, Nicole S- Satine. Satine. We we hear that she has died. And then we, we open yeah. and like and with sad boy Ewan McGregor like typing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then through <laughs> sad boy Ewan, yeah, through that for opening montage of like a minute or so, we see like sadness and darkness or whatever. And then he mm-hmm. um, brings us into the present basically by his narration of what the Moulin Rouge is. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and hear this uh, segue yeah. narration. And just in case, people, we are not getting ready to watch like a murder underworld kind of movie. Just keep that in mind as you listen to this narration. Go ahead. <laughs> it's only a snippet of the narration, but it is dark. <laughs> okay. The Moulin Rouge. A nightclub. The dance hall on the bordello. Ruled over by Harold Sedler. A kingdom of nighttime pleasures. Where the rich and powerful came to play with the young and beautiful creatures of the underworld. The most beautiful of all these was the woman I loved. Satine. A courtesan. She sold her love to men. They called her the sparkling diamond. And she was the star. Yeah. So a lot of questions. 
early on with just like I, there's some logical stuff. I get it. We're in a fantasy land. They do a good job of kind of showing we're in like a fantasy world a little bit mm-hmm. with like the zooming in from high above this little place. We get a lot of like they 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 uh, play around with size a little bit, so you get kind of the the fantasy elements playing in. But mm-hmm. the events just happen. He's typing as if the audience doesn't know what the Moulin Rouge is or that it's gone. Like the Moulin Rouge isn't gone. Moulin Rouge will continue on my friend. I mean, it will always continue on, Uh, but I mean, it, it sounds more like if you were, if you remove, you know, Harold Ziegler and put in Dracula, that that would actually, that would also work, you know, owned and operated by Dracula, the house of nighttime pleasures. Like the way that he is saying this, like, is like, did you not know what movie you were doing your, your exposition narration about he's he's like trembling as he says it yeah when Um, the opening kind of reminds me of uh, behind enemy lines as well (laughs) with like the stalingrad the eastern front it's like this the that this is the noise at at some point you'll call that movie the correct name is it not that it's not behind enemy lines Oh my god. It's enemy at the gates. Anything that has the word enemy in it, you just do not know how to separate, apparently. No, I mean they're the same. Um yeah, so well, we get yeah. that very fun yeah. dark. And if you didn't know to a tone yeah. shift of the century when the when the actual yeah. movie starts. <laughs> yeah, right. If you didn't know, oh man, what kind of movie am I in for? Is this gonna be really a dark movie? <laughs> well, just you wait, because we get we get uh, like the most colorful gang of characters ever in these next three minutes, including I'm assuming a performance as a little person that yeah. Mr. Leguizamo probably is not a big fan of nowadays. Which it doesn't there didn't need to be. It did not need no. to be a little person, even though he is playing a sitar later on. Yeah. Which again, curious. But the accent, I think the accents in general in this movie weren't great. But this, this, the character choice again, it was the surrealism. I think they were trying to play into, mm. and I did kind of dig him. I, I, I dug yeah. that whole group a lot. I wish that mm. that like I'm not sure if they were all Argentinian or just the guy with narcolepsy. I think just the narcolepsy guy was okay. Argentine. That yeah, I have a lot of lot lot of stuff to dive into with narcolepsy <laughs> because excellent voice, and I get why he's mm-hmm. he's a professional actor with that kind of gravel in his mm-hmm. voice. But it's a deal breaker if you got narcolepsy and you're an actor. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a that's that's almost insurmountable. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much like yeah. I'm sorry you can be an understudy, but we can't have this liability on stage. I don't even know if you could be an understudy. I mean, again, it depends on how bad narcolepsy is, but this man seems like at a drop of a hat with no inciting incident or like extra stress, he just goes down. So imagine, you know, yeah, pressure time of being on the stage in front of thousands of people. You know, you're going to fall asleep. You would have someone who can like rush out, grab him and and be his understudy. And clearly this is a device that comes up later in the movie as to he, why we were able to see like basically him leave the production and be mm-hmm. replaced. But, you know, it's a strange, it's a strange that that's the decision that you're making to kind of fit that narrative arc at the end. But I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. Cause again, this guy's great and I want him in yeah. the movie. So whatever it is, do it. Yeah. Him um, and Leguizamo both are, are definitely showing out. Like they both bought in as much as 
you know, acting as a little person is not, you know, is, is right now not a, uh, a very you know, positive thing. As far as his acting, I bought his character. It's just, I don't know why they decided to make him little. And if you're going to go little, why not actually get someone who yeah. is little, you know, yeah. but I mean, you can say the same thing about the Hobbit movies. Like at some well, no, point you just gotta, you know, there were other little people in this movie, like the, the yeah. in the Moulin Rouge sets and stuff, there were little people around, but regardless that little group of bohemian per- performers this is basically yeah. the concept of the movie right is we have yeah. this this bohemian atmosphere arising in paris during the turn of the century and this mm-hmm. like free love um and 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 love is all that matters is just thrown into your face for the first yeah probably 30 minutes of the movie, maybe a little longer than that. It's, it's very hard to mistake Ewan McGregor's like whimsy and love obsession with like a little bit of a tropey character mm-hmm. at times, but that's really what the first, like getting to know him and this, in this group of ragtag performers is all about the bohemian nature that they're trying to bring to the Moulin Rouge. Yeah. And what did you think about the creation of Sound of Music? I didn't care for it. I, it's, <laughs> it's, it's those parts of this movie that I'm a little bit checked out of because I know it's it's a song already. Mm-hmm. And that's not even a point. The point of this movie isn't the Sound of Music. It's not like it's it, it was to show like his creativity and his. Mm-hmm. Um, prowess of a writer is is that he's he's so good at these like catchy uh, song which is fine. I, yeah, I don't know. It felt a little bit derivative to just like let's pull out this badass song and just be like, oh look, <laughs> this this like this little travel. I don't even know where he's from, but he's like just he just came to Paris. Oh, I do want to yeah, play. He this might this. be from Switzerland. This is know. his dad, which I, I didn't get this clip <laughs> because I want to I want to play this uh, this as a as a recurring bit. Uh, it's such a good clip. Always this ridiculous obsession with love. There was only one problem. I'd never been in love. Oh, I, these kinds of sound effects. <laughs> that was so silly when it's like, I've never known anything about love. Bang. Obsession. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great little soundbite though. But right. But yeah, th- these kinds of moments in movies where like they like really try and hammer in like, yeah, let's like you know really point out how how creative someone is by like taking you know a pop song or a song that everyone knows and be like, look how he could just come out with this at the at the you know drop of a hat and like all the ridiculous options that people were saying that were somewhat adjacent to Sound of Music. Like, that's I, where I'm it like, gives whatever. him all the credibility. Like the second he comes yeah. up with that, and he belts it out with like an angelic <laughs> voice, and it's, it's not a good. performer. And not a, come on, you're kidding me. Yeah, this guy belts out like a perfect pitched sound of music, mm-hmm. and you're like, you're a writer. Why? Yeah, he just performed it. Give it. Give him the performing role. I mean, that would have solved a lot in this movie. If right. Ewan McGregor just was the performer instead of the writer. But I don't yeah. want to lose out in the Argentinian because I love him. Yeah. It's I don't know. Maybe Argentinian's like a dancer or something and he's still mm-hmm. in there. But I would have preferred it if Ewan McGregor performed 
yeah. and wasn't just a writer because clearly he's belting out these hits like they're like like only he can perform them. Yeah, but that's also where you have to try and understand. Like sometimes in these movies, people have a good singing voice for us, the audience, but in the world of the musical, they don't. Right. So I I don't know if that's what they're saying. Is like yeah, to us when he says you know when he sings the or you know, when he sings it, it sounds really good. Maybe in that world, it's like oh yeah, we get the idea, but we need Argentinian guy to actually sing that. I I don't know. He can't he can't act. He can only perform it if he feels it. He actually yeah. feels in love. Yeah, because I mean, there are times in this movie where we're like, people are singing like across rooftops and like hearing and interacting with each other. So like, you have to take some some things with a pretty big grain of salt in terms of maybe he just isn't that good of a singer. Huh? Yeah. Well, he's good enough to be their lead writer. So they basically mm-hmm. fire their their writer on spot. Poor Audrey. Poor yeah, Audrey. Like, Audrey, <laughs> you're out. I'm sorry to say, Ewan's in. And right. I don't. And that's recall... just really on her. She didn't want to share. Like they didn't say you're fired. Like hey, you're going to be the co-writer. And she's like, no, thank you. Well, she and that was last we saw of her. This is a part of the movie I don't understand. So that crew yep. with with Audrey the writer, do they know yep. Ziegler? Yes. They 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 like write for Ziegler. That's the idea. Yes, is that these Bohemians have been working with Ziegler basically saying, Hey, we have this great musical. We want to come and pitch it to you. And Ziegler of course wants that, but he doesn't have the money to back it. So he needs a money man. And that's where the Duke comes in. But yeah, Ziegler knows, uh, Leguizamo and his, and his crew. Yes. Okay. Cause I was confused. I thought at first they were this, these, you know, struggling artist people. And they're like, their grand plans to go, into the Moulin Rouge and get Nicole Kidman and be like, you're going to be our star and we're going to, we're going to do all this with you attached mm-hmm. to it. But they have, they've already got the gears running in terms of we have Ziggler's ear. We just need a good script. Yeah. I think like in every, like every group that, ha- that, that we have is always trying to like almost <laughs> run a scam on the next person higher, right? Uh-huh. So this group is trying to scam uh, Ziggler and the Moulin Rouge group into thinking that they actually have a good musical and they have a good writer who's wrote these things before. So they're trying to pass off Ewan McGregor as like a respectable writer where the Moulin Rouge people and Ziggler are trying to run a fast one by the Duke to basically just get him to give them money, right? It's so, like everyone's got a little bit of of hustle in them and trying to get the ne- the next group higher to agree to let them do something. Classic scenario. You know? <laughs> You're set up for I success mean, with, a, with a movie that has that many layers. I mean, this is why you don't get bored, I feel like. It's because there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of elements that in play and you're and you're seeing it told in I think a pretty fun way. You see it yeah. told through them making the script. You see it told through the actual performance of the movie, and and you see it through, um, obviously the aftermath and what happens with Nicole Kidman's character. So a really creative storytelling, and mm-hmm. the trend. And when you learn so much exposition through song, I'm into it. And that that yeah. give me some songs that explain the Moulin Rouge, mm-hmm. um, and make it original. I'm okay with it, but give yep. me, uh, what they ended up doing. And I'll take mm-hmm. it more. 
Like, I want the Pussycat Dolls. I want mm-hmm. those like Teen Spirit. Like, just throw in mm-hmm. some hits, and then you know what? Let me experience your your Moulin Rouge aesthetic through that. Yeah, yeah, and that's like so. I think before we get into the real, like you know, Oscar Wilde Shakespearean plot, you know, farcical element they're going to get into. Once we get introduced to the, uh, you know, to the playwriter, you know, c- component, that crew, and we're going to the Moulin Rouge, that's where we kick off our first, what I would say, kind of official song. And and official me, sizzle nominee. Yeah. And this is, to me, one of the two sizzle, you know, components of this movie that stand out among all, amongst all the others. This yeah. right here is one of them. Here we go. Are you in the Oh yeah, I mean that's short. Obviously, that's like a mm-hmm. two-minute music experience, worthy of a watch for sure. And that's what's clocking you in about thirty minutes. When once you get to here, you're really like, all right, here we go. We got a plot, and we're gonna get rolling with it. Oh, I feel much. I think with minutes is when we get this song. We get that you know sweet Nirvana lick right there that you cut off there. I don't know how you did that. You're trying to avoid a lawsuit. Yeah, that's what it is. We're 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 playing the lawsuit um, prevention game over here. Because essentially, you know, as you said, one of the benefits of a musical is that you can kind of shorten time. You can get a lot of information out where it, it's not just narration, right? By having it be a song, it's entertaining. You know, mm-hmm. you're showing rather than doing. You're doing rather than, than telling a lot of times. And yeah, this is where we get a little bit of introduction about, okay, Moulin Rouge, I got a, got a lot of can-can dancers, a lot of high energy. We get introduced to probably for me, my favorite character, which is Mr. Ziegler. Love, I love like Ziegler. Mr. Ziegler. I, it's, it's a shame he was like built up as a villain in an opening monologue. I mean, like, he kind of is. I mean, he's not a villain. I mean, he's a villain in so much as like any uh, harem runner is. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they're, he's providing work to these people that have no other options. I mean, really, it's a sad state of affairs. Sorry yeah. for a lot of people at this time. But if you have, have I not clothed you? a high-class harem, I mean, that's a more opportunities a lot of these women are getting on the streets to that much. Yeah. Which, can I just write out and come out and say, I don't know if there's a worse name for the Moulin Rouge dancers than the Diamond Dogs. Yeah. Wh- that's why? Cool. That's a rough, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Like if you were going to a strip club, it was like now featuring dogs. the Diamond Dogs. Like, <laughs> I don't yeah. know about that, Mr. Ziegler. That's tough branding. I don't know if she's like the Diamond Dog of the Diamond Gals or something, but or if they're they're all a version of dog. Like, well, she's the she's the brightest dogs. diamond or whatever. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's like the Spice Girls. I don't think it's like everyone gets to choose their yeah. dog. I'm the I'm the Chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah, but. I'm not going to be able to say her name because it's it sounds like Spectre, but it's not. It's like think of like you're you're washing your hair with Pantene, but it's Santine. Santine, okay. Yeah. Uh, so she has her own little <laughs> cool entrance where she sings "The Diamonds Are a, go- uh, a Girl's Best Friend." That's a lot of fun. Uh, uh, not, not worthy of it. Well, it's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And Nicole Kidman's got a great voice. Skippable, sure. I don't know how much it's her. Just, just throw well, it out there. That whatever they ended up providing her was good. I think <laughs> better than you and McGregor. I thought, I thought her voice was stronger. 
but uh let's go ahead and and, and play the whole um um uh, misunderstanding that happens during the dance yes. where we're trying yes, to yes. Uh, orchestrate who's getting private time with nicole when am i going to meet the girl tiffany after her number i've arranged a special meeting just you and mademoiselle satine totally alone I've arranged a private meeting just you and Mademoiselle Satine. Totally alone. Alone? Yes. Totally alone. Because we are living in a material world, and I am a material girl. Yeah. The bass was going to drop there. Boom. Boom. (laughs) Couple things that I thought of uh, in there. Mm-hmm. Number one, I get strong Gary Oldman from Fifth Element vibes from the Duke. Okay, yeah, yeah. If he just had a, like a little plastic helmet covering half his face, I'm yeah. in. Yeah, this uh-huh. is like slimy way of talking. Um, yes, he does have a very pinched he, way of of he, talking about things, Mister Zitter. <laughs> very Bond villain, <laughs> but uh, also. What the hell is he talking about? The the I forget his name. The the, the fake little person, Toulouse. Toulouse. Yeah. What is so he has? He's lying straight up. Then where he's saying I've arranged a private meeting. I I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's what confused me. Is like okay, does he know Ziggler at all? Then because this is not true. He's Uh not arranged a private meeting. Maybe it's. Yeah, that is the one area that I like. I don't understand why the meetings get confused because it's it's very well explained why Nicole thinks that yeah, UN is the dude at, at the, the beginning. Wrong, yes. Yeah, of course, at the wrong yeah. thing, and then all uh, who's the got the handkerchief? Yeah, well, very, yeah, we've very all well done. We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes you know when you're trying to go to two dates at the same time in the same restaurant you know that's also when you get the handkerchief and you don't classic. know which one to go to it's you know it's all classic um but that's all well done but yes i don't i don't really know what what he's saying in terms of i have this meeting already booked i don't know if he is if he is purposely knowing we're gonna try and take the duke's slot yeah or if it's we have a meeting with Ziggler and he thinks because Nicole comes basically comes grabs him yeah. that it's oh you have a meeting with her I, I don't know where that kinda, I think she might actually tell him like I'll see you in the elephant or something like yeah. that yeah because you know because she gets point you know she point or uh, Ziggler points out him essentially with the confusion so yeah he she then finishes the diamonds are a girl's best friend by essentially trying to get him out to dance and then they have a little bit of like all right come and see me afterwards okay and then he passes out yeah well that there's the next plot point is we start to get uh um not only do we have narcoleptic Art, uh, artinian <laughs> on board but we have nicole kidman's character who faints mm-hmm. at the end of her performance and then coughs up a little blood that's a no yeah. that's a no no for you think first time fainting you think this this right here I mean, I, I guess the way that everyone responded. Well, and she not she not only just like fainted, she fell yeah. from the sky and got caught. Yeah, yeah. This like, is like, an, like if this actually happened in a Cirque du Soleil, if you were that high and just someone caught you, it would be standing ovations. Like, wow, that was crazy amount of danger. It ended up being like a kind of a standing ovation near the end there. Yeah, 
But um, the only black character mm-hmm. caught her. And he saved her again, like, later. Yeah, he saves her from being raped later on. Yeah. And I didn't, because I, I didn't catch his name during the movie, so I was looking it up. And, oh, the man's name is Le Chocolats. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah that's that either. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. Sure. Well, I mean, yeah, that, it, it all works out. He's a, he's a, you know, classic there when you need him type of character. He's always showing up. <laughs> yeah, um, he might as well call it magical shock a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so that happens. She faints. She gets caught. And then no recovery time at all. Ziggler's like, all right, this, I guess, is bad boy Ziggler. But he's doing it mm-hmm. for the best interest of Nicole Kidman, who wants to be famous. He's like, all right, you got to go have sex with this Duke. Like, now. Like, go yeah. have sex with him. And then we're going to get his financing to um, either produce the next play or to transform the Moulin Rouge into an upscale place. Is that really his intention? That's the idea. Yeah, is we 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 need the financing not just for the play, but also to turn the Moulin Rouge into a place where a play could be done. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, we have motivations all around for everybody. And then we get into Nicole Kidman going to her room, seeing Ewan McGregor as Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So this is a fine scene in totality. Like if you watch it all, <laughs> oh, it's like not awful, but there's a couple parts of this that are foully. And this is the first foul I'm giving to the movie and it gets an official foul. There's been some things I haven't liked, but this is an official foul. It's when um, there's the confusion of Nicole Kidman thinks Ewan McGregor wants to have sex with her, but Ewan McGregor wants to read her poetry. And for some reason, Nicole Kidman thinks that there's some sort of like ambiguity to what poetry means. (laughs) So we get her acting aroused by some Poetry. Aroused is the wrong word. Yeah, I don't know gonna, what this is, but yes, please go ahead. Here we go. And then it's like sound warning if you have it up right now. If you're, or if you're in, in a library, you're going to hear some, <laughs> some moaning. You probably don't want to be on a yeah. speaker. Yeah. If you're I'll under 18, please, by law, I need you to turn this off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right, here we go. A man who, who makes potions uh, like a traveling show. Oh, uh, don't stop. I know it's not much. Give me more. Yes. 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 Oh, but it's the best oh, I can do. Naughty. Oh, stop. Yes. 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 My gift is my soul. Oh, my we're God. watching a Marvel movie where it's just like this, like Ewan's character, his special power is that if he's under enough stress, he can like magic the, the song out of nowhere and everyone is just like amazed by it. Yeah. I mean, he's became Elton John after enough yeah. pressure. Uh, which is, when, again, what do you want to be if you're trying to woo a lady? Is you want to be Elton John? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great song. I mean, uh, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And it's executed very well in this scene. I think that them like dancing on the cloud on the rooftop on the elephant, mm-hmm. like all that stuff was very romantic. I get the connection. And if that song were to be sung to you and you've never heard it before and mm-hmm. you're like, Holy shit, this is a Duke. I get Nicole Kidman's like reaction to things after this. 
Um, what I, I don't, what I don't totally buy into is how they are coming up with this revelation to Ewan McGregor. Like, is he really just like improving this song, or is he written yes. this? Because I don't know. Because he's like, I want to perform poetry for you. Is this like the song? He is like, all right, I've got this in the bag. Let me just perform it to her, and she'll be like, all right, I'm in. And then it, her sexuality coaxed out mm-hmm. that amazing performance. I mean, I guess it could have been that way. The way that he was reading it made it feel like, you know, it was like the humana humana and I love uh, the table yeah. is gray. Like, it sounds yeah. like he's just making it up on the spot. But yeah, I mean, it could the same way that she seems to be just like, I don't I don't understand what direction she was given, where oh. it was just like, none of you have either had sex. You've only heard sex coming from another room. <laughs> so I need you to act like that's what all sex is, is just all noises. And that's well, it. That's- that's comedy though that's what i mean by like it hits you over the head with like a brick when it's like kidman's amping it up to be like oh let's get the awkwardness let's play into that comedically for this scene right before we get into the like the them dancing on the top of the of the elephant and all that stuff like i get Mm -hmm. the intent but there was either something not performed right or mm-hmm. not directed properly in this element because it, it ended up just being memorable and the fact that I just I've never seen Nicole Kidman be so awkward and be so not sexual like she's such a good actress mm-hmm. that for them to to resort to that type of behavior to to evoke a response was kind of strange. Thank you. That that's exactly what I like. I kept coming back to is like this lady's a courtesan. Like we 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 go on to explain like her job is to get people to fall in love with her, yeah. right? Like I don't know what kind of performance that was. If like that can that can't be her normal way of getting people to fall in love with her. <laughs> no. Is is that that over over the topness? And maybe it's you know maybe we got to give her some credit. She did just faint and drop from like fifty <laughs> feet from the air, so yeah. maybe she's still trying to recover. But a hundred percent what you said undeniably nicole kidman is an incredibly attractive person this this movie as as she is a sex worker is probably the least sexual that i've seen nicole kidman in in any main movie like she's more sexualized i think in part in parts of the others like when 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 her when her husband comes back in there's there's a little there's more skin and sexuality in that like two minute period than in this entire movie yeah, I mean, there's definitely skin in this. I mean, the the very next scene, when the, when we have the Duke come in, she's she's doing a lot of suggestive like hip thrusts. Yeah, it's all it's, it's yeah, it's oh. all yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's like and like her like flapping her little um, like cover all around like going. <laughs> yeah, well, let's play that next. So th- this whole situation continues to go on. So basically, after. We have the Elton John song, How Wonderful Life Is. Then we get the Duke coming into the room before Ewan McGregor is able to leave, and he hides behind Mm -hmm. the alcohol cart. Yep. And then we get Awkward Kidman Part 2. If the first Awkward Kidman wasn't enough... Here's your yeah. your take to And if you haven't again. seen this, I want you to imagine that someone has like a taser and is remote controlling tasing her as you're oh, as you're listening to this. I can see that. 
Oh! Oh! I feel like dancing! Like, what is going on? That's like, that's like if we were watching, like, uh, was it like Bruce Almighty and like someone got, you know, magic to like they couldn't say any real words, they could only like make make really random sounds. Yeah. Like that, that, that feels like the kind of magic that's been that's been put on Nicole at this point is that she can't use normal words she can only communicate through like trills and <laughs> bird sounds I, it's it's almost like you gave a placebo of coke to a teenager and be like all right act high and like that's what they do it's like intense sounds and like body language mm-hmm. uh you know not it's a like... standing moment for Nicole Kidman's acting career this this last like I... 5 minutes and she's supposed like I, I what I don't understand is she's supposed to be incredibly sexual. Why is this her go-to? Is I need to get a man's attention? My go-to is crazy bird sounds, trilling, and rapid movements like I like the man is a cat. Like distracting him and that but she doesn't want him to to see Ewan McGregor hiding, so she's trying to get him to like keep looking at her. But I get yeah, that. do something sexual, like just be yeah. like, oh, let me take my bra off and be like seductive. Not let me try to get your attention like you're a dog. Like, yeah, like, ah, come here. Come here. Come here, little boy. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Her like the best acting I felt Nicole did. And maybe not in the entire movie, but was actually during the the earlier song, the diamond, you know, the diamonds are a girl's best friend song when her and Zidler are like in the. um like the 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 change circle that's made up by all the other can can dancers and like they're like talking to the two of them while like she's changing into her diamond dress uh-huh. and she's like what kind of guy is this does he want like you know a a pouting person does he want like a really excited person or like a sex-? like that I'm like wow like you can quickly show me three different versions of how you could do this and then you show me this wild fourth which is like. <laughs> insane lady is is, is like energy. oh that's what like that's what Z- Zidler should have said is oh actually I've heard this Duke kind of likes crazy okay I can do crazy the Duke and, like, that would have made it a little more that's, that's <laughs> the true answer to this he just does not oh. give it shit. oh uh, dookie <laughs> so in order to prevent the Duke from catching on because like, he leaves comes back sees Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman like clearly making out or about to make out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm on to you. And then they, then the Argentinian, like Wazamo and, and crew come into the the room because they were watching and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. we were just all rehearsing. And then we get, I, I don't know, you think there's only two sizzles? I think maybe this could be a third with the sure. uh, spectacular, spectacular, spectacular. Let's play that sure. for a second. Let the audience judge. <laughs> Is this worthy of a sizzle? Would you call your... Wait, we have to give it a a nice open before you ruin it with your sabotage over there. (laughs) What were you going to say? I'm just saying, the balls to call your song and or musical spectacular, spectacular. That's that's some bohemian-sized balls. Yeah. All right. uh, Go ahead. The 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 floor is yours. Potential sizzle. 
that I would think that you would have the worst reaction to. No, this, this is, is the most logical. What? This is like legit. People are improving this song while having choreographed moves that are supposed to be believed that are being like thought of in the moment. This is the song where there is no magical realism. You're supposed to believe that everything that they're doing in this room is being come up on on the spot. Oh, yeah, and you're the cool idea of, of all of these songs, they're all coming up on the spot. They aren't rehearsed. But in this, in this situation, you have a legitimate need for these yeah. actors <laughs> to mm-hmm. perform. Like, they have to sell this play. So, like, that's why they're all singing. That's why they're all like, improv. You can see, like, they're all coming up with their own elements of the play on the mm-hmm. spot. Like, oh, there's going to be elephants. There's going to be this. There's going to be that. And, like, they're all just making up what the play eventually will become, which it does. Yeah. Loved mm-hmm. it. I thought this was one of the better um, elements for the musical to have it weave into the plot is something like this. Mm-hmm. And this is where like my logical is like, I, en- I, I enjoy this song. I have nothing wrong with the song. This is of this whole like farcical seduction scene, which the sequence takes a good 15 long minutes. Time. Like yeah. it's a long sequence. Not this is over. my favorite part. Yeah. It's not even over yet. This is my favorite part. I like it over the, um, you know, I hope you don't mind song, which I think is good. Yeah. I like this a little more than that portion, it, but it's, it's too long. And it's so many tonal shifts. It goes from weird seduction to weird farce, to romantic song, to back to farce, to now upbeat. We got to sell someone on this musical song is so many things are going on. I, I, at a certain point, it's just like, okay, you did a good job of writing this, but to say that all this came up on the spot is a little ridiculous. I would have liked yeah. like if Zidler had some kind of like, Hey, we got to go in there and sing this or like, again, a little more agency as opposed to everyone just coming in and going, okay, yep, let's do this. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that element of it, but if, if that's the case, if that's our critique, then there's no way you're watching any musicals. Yeah. I mean, there's just no way because there's this, yeah. if there's an element of, how are they able to sing so well and have such a perfectly choreographed mm-hmm. dance number behind it? And it's like, you're not enjoying the spectacle of what's happening. Yeah. And I can, I can at least commit to giving them a chance. Like, all right, you want to woo me with a musical? Try. <laughs> and in this scenario, I'm like, okay, I get what you're doing. I understand. I get the logic mm-hmm. behind giving me the story through a song. Yeah. The next time they do this is still on the elephant. And we go back, we return to the the love aspect of the story. So we're going back to romance. And then we get um, basically Nicole Kidman saying, 
true love doesn't exist. Like I can't love. And then New McGregor saying, all there is is love. And then you get mm-hmm. a scatter shot of different love song references. <laughs> uh, this is not a scissor reel in my book, but probably one of the more memorable scenes of the movie in terms of its um, cultural relevancy. I think this scene is brought up a lot mm-hmm. for the romance probably, but let's go ahead and give sure. it a play. Can't fall in love with anyone. Can't fall in love? But a life without love, that's terrible. No, being on the street, that's terrible. No, love is like oxygen. What? Love is a many splendid thing. Love lifts us up where we belong. All you need is love. Please don't start that again. All you need is love. A girl has got to eat. All you need is love. She'll end up on the street. All you need is love. Love is oh. just game. Uh, did he miss that note or did he miss that note? And all you need is love. <laughs> oh, break they, they, down. They only had one take. They, they were out of film, all right? At the end of the all day. All you need is love. <laughs> you know what I got to say about that, Ewan? You know? Always this ridiculous obsession with love. There was a- Obsession. Obsession. I just love it when someone says a word in a way I've never thought about saying it that way. Obsession. (laughs) I've never once thought about it. That's how you'd say that word. Obsession. Uh Uh-huh. Like you're broken into five syllables or something. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and then we get, you know, everyone's favorite, a, a really good montage. You know, so we get a little montage of them basically making and rehearsing the play while they're falling in love even deeper and using the play as like subterfuge to get around the Duke. Yeah. This is, this is one of my favorite, this is probably my favorite part of the movie is where they're so not, it's not even that seamless because you can see them doing it, but it's just so Mm -hmm. well woven them, them crafting the narrative of the play and then playing out that narrative in somewhat real time between mm. Duke, Ewan McGregor, and Nicole Kidman. And yeah. it's, it's, and it's, again, it's obvious because it's happening, but it's not done in a way to where you're always paying attention to that fact where the narrative yeah. of the play is the narrative of the movie, but it, it is, but yet it, it's, you can still see the subtleties of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I I, I talked about like Oscar Wilde and Shakespeare. Like it has it has that kind of story, you know, structure, like an importance of being earnest or, you know, one of Shakespeare's comedies where it's a lot about just misunderstandings, you know, and, you know, things within things. And yeah, I think this is one of the more clever things about this movie is the idea of like, all right, we're going to make a movie about people falling in love and having to hide their love. And we're going to do that inside of a play that's about people having to hide their love in the same very circumstance like it's a very i think clever storytelling gimmick i think they do it very well i think that the you know this this, the switching of we're going to take modern music and putting it in 1900 paris and in 1900 paris have them write a movie or write a play about 100 years earlier in india like it is kind of an interesting idea like yeah what you know what would you think of the last hundred years in a different country essentially what would be a movie you'd tell in that storyline yeah, and I, this is one of my favorite scenes. It's like kind of right in the middle of the movie, and I would nominate. It's not really a posterizer because there's nothing really going on in terms of 
um, like catchphrasey, put it on the poster type of stuff. But mm-hmm. I think it's it's uh, the kind of the turning point of the movie in terms of going from love story to to kind of the cat and mouse game of will they be found out? Mm-hmm. Um, well executed, well acted, and I think a, a really well written scene. I haven't quite finished writing that new scene. The um, will the lovers be meeting? at the sitar player's humble abode scene, and I wondered if I could work on it with you later tonight. But, my dear, I've arranged a magnificent supper for us in the Gothic Tower. Well, it's not important. We, we could work on it tomorrow. Oh, how dare you! It cannot wait until tomorrow. The lovers will be meeting in the sitar player's humble abode scene. It's the most important in the production. We'll work on it tonight until I am completely satisfied. But, but, but my dear... The Duke! Excuse me. This is exactly what we were just talking about where they're mm-hmm. talking about a moment in the play where she needs to make a choice of who she's going to mm-hmm. see. And then the very next statement in that same scene is her making the choice. It's just so, yeah. again, it's, if you listen to it once, it's like, oh, it makes sense of, like, they have a reason to be separated and she can and, and hang out with Ewan, but also it makes such a good statement for the play as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, Matthew, I'm writing this, this story about what would you do if I said, hey, in the middle of a podcast, you got a phone call. Would you take the phone call? You know? And you go, like, well, I guess I would. Like, OK, well, hey, you have a phone call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's that level of like, yeah, I'm a- I, you know, it's like I'm asking you a hypothetical that is the real question because I can't I don't want the other people in the room to know that I'm asking the real question. Yeah, it's classic. Yeah. It's well done. Um, I, I don't know what's going on with accent works with you and, and, and Nicole throughout this movie. Like mm-hmm. at times they really like dig into their accents. Other times they don't. Uh, it, it's a it's an interesting thing. We have like, you know, an Australian, a Scottish person, an English person, <laughs> all of them essentially trying to act Parisian and yeah. none of them. The Scottish does. comes <laughs> out a lot. <laughs> uh, so yeah. this transitions into Ziegler finding out. Let's yes. go ahead and play this here. Oh, don't be I ridiculous. saw you together! I saw you together! I mean, that's all you need. That's all yeah, you need it, to explain what, what's happening in the plot now. Right. Zidler, the actor, and every amount of styling that they do to him in terms of, like, all of the rouge on his cheeks and his crazy yeah. little turnpike mustachio whatever you want to call that thing like he is to me more than Ewan or nicole or anybody else he is the image i think of when i think of moulin rouge now like yes that yeah. the the suit the you know the red suit the just the everything about him is moulin rouge i agree and i the so much about his performance is too because he's very over the top he's very mm-hmm. like just very loud in your face, the aesthetic of him as well as that way. And, and I think he's the most unique character. When you, when you look at who Ewan McGregor is as a character, mm-hmm. you know, other than him being a broke artist who is craving love, that's there's nothing mm-hmm. there. You get no real like emotion from him other than his connection to Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman yeah. at least has a little bit more. I think in terms of a character outside of her relationship to Ewan McGregor, but mm. that's a lot of it's because of Ziggler. I mean, Ziggler created this, not necessarily his, the actor, but the character seems like a much more filled out in this world. Like I, I get his motivations, what he's doing, all of it. And he's treating this, this situation, I think with a lot of um, class, like he's not necessarily mm. 
telling her like, no, you're my property. Like you have to do this or like, I'm going to hurt you or whatever. Like he's trying to speak to her better angels and be like, no, you're fucking this up for yourself by going with this ridiculous artist. <laughs> like when you have like a friggin' the best situation any of us could have ever wanted. They have this like Duke who's eating from your hand, who's mm-hmm. clearly got the money to support you and the, and the, and all these people working for us. I just, I get where he's coming from. And I think he's handling it or he handled it in a way that I think is with her best interest. Though, sure, you could argue that you should always follow love. But yeah, I was going to say, man, you talk about, you did not learn the message of this movie. You need to go back to Bohemian school, my man. Truth, beauty, love, and whatever. Awful. At this point, the Duke hasn't shown his true villain villain. I agree. Which he does show. Yeah, that's one thing I I keep coming back to as well is they didn't make the Duke bad enough early on for us to like actively root against him. He seems more of like just bumbling doofus than like actively mean, angry. Very gullible. Yeah, and and gullible, especially in the beginning, which I got a few things as we move into the second turn here. I got a few comments about how he realizes what's going on. But this is where, so now since, uh, you know, Satine had agreed, you know, I'm going to go and hang out with you in instead of going to the dinner with the Duke. But, uh-oh, reality hits, you know, she gets sick again. And she gets so sick, she can't meet with either one of the pe- person people. So she leaves Ewan out high and dry, and she skips out on the Duke's dinner, which leaves poor old Zidler He's got to fill in the blank. Twiddling his thumbs, yeah. And <laughs> what does he come up with? What excuse can I use <laughs> to buy us some time? Maybe and she's sick? Would that maybe work? she's sick. Maybe yeah. we have evidence that she's sick. You want to go see? <laughs> but I guess Ziggler doesn't know at this point that she's sick. He she, he assumes, because yeah, she sure. hasn't shown up, that he that she went to see Ewan McGregor. Yeah. But no, she hasn't. But what does he say? He says she is confessing. Mm-hmm. She's gone to a priest and is confessing her uh, non-purity, whatever you want to say it. She's a whore. Yeah. And she's trying to <laughs> confess that away. Man, that sounds just like, that was a that was real harsh there. Yeah, I mean, what do you want to say? Yeah, she's a whore. <laughs> she's a whore. Let's call it what it is. She is a courtesan. If you want to say that, fine. But what does that mean? I mean, that that does that 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 is such a dramatic thing because later on, when when Ewan calls her that, the, like yeah. towards the end, it is like it is yeah. a slap in the face. We're like, right whoa, now. you just man, you just called her the W word out there. That's a drop mic type of word. That's <laughs> a that's the last thing you hear from me. I'm out. <laughs> I mean, and it almost is, but we'll get to the whole secret love song here coming up. But this is, we're talking about why I don't like musicals. Uh Put this at the top of the list of reasons why I don't like musicals. Because there's no reason for this. This, no, No reason for it. In the the reality of the world, nor in my viewing pleasure, is there a reason (laughs) to have a a minute-long Like a Virgin scene with Ziggler prancing around and then, like, evading the Duke as he becomes predatory. Like, I don't need that. And chief among it, I don't mm. need this part of it. He says, you make her feel like a virgin. <laughs> no. Touched the very first time. Oh, 
says it feels so good inside when you hold her and you touch her. Oh my God! Ooh, that 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 was almost as bad as Nicole Kidman. Like we should have had the same kind of warning. Hey, everyone, if you have any kind of uh, <laughs> sensitivity, sensitivity yeah, warning, the predatory here. language. When he says inside, oh my good yeah. lord! Yeah, I, I mean, there's there is a there is a fine line of sexual innuendo, and I feel like the very <laughs> earlier stuff that when you and Nicole were doing of like. When she's like, oh, yeah, you know, reading my poetry, she's like, oh, well, it's very large and you don't need to be standing for it. Like, I think you'll get used to that. Like that kind of, and, you know, I thought was fun when they were when they were doing that. This is aggressively not innuendo. It's aggressively on the tip of of like, I am telling you what I actually am saying. Like, there is no no debate. And it. It is a it is a skeevy skeevy thing to watch two thirty something year old men sing about wanting a virgin. Like it made me feel like I need to go take a bath or a shower right now. I I, I can't have this be the last thing that's on my video if I happen <laughs> to die. It's like good lord, like this is this is not good. No, no, it's yeah, didn't need it, and and it really doesn't do much other than delay a little bit for the reveal of Nicole Kim and having consumption. Mm-hmm. It was like, is- this is, yeah, just the, the uh, there was like the go-to, if we we're going to do something roughly between like 1890 and 1930 and someone needs to die, it was, it was either <laughs> uh, dysentery or consumption. Yeah. It was the only two things. Consumption tends to be blood in the, in the, in the napkin and dysentery is more of a gut issue. Yeah. There's the only two ways that people died, apparently, back in the day. When it's just so strange, the way in which apparently you die of consumption, uh, and, and according to this movie, is you have a mm-hmm. couple bouts where you pass out, coughing mm-hmm. fit, and then you're completely fine. You have no mm-hmm. other issues outside of mm-hmm. your, the occasional fainting spell uh, until you're a sudden demise. It just, like, happens. You don't get worse. Well, you just, like... Yeah have a bad coughing fit and then don't recover from that one. Well, the, the real, the real hard thing about a disease like consumption is it's not fatal until you know about it. That's yeah. the real crazy thing is yeah. if you don't actually realize you have consumption, you can live forever. You're just going to faint every once in a while. <laughs> as soon as you actually know it. Oh no. You got like, it's like a ticking clock. You got two hours to live. <laughs> yeah. You just can't say it three times while looking in a mirror and you're fine. <laughs> Uh, but she does dare bounce you. back. Try it. <laughs> she bounces right back after the the missed dinner, and they're both lovers are butthurt. Ewan McGregor's yep. upset because he was stood up, and then so was Ziggler. But Ziggler was, um, was made was made to feel all right by the situation because of Ziggler's performance. He's like, all right, mm-hmm. I trust your 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 version excuse. And then during, uh, I think at this point, there's another montage of Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman. Um, this is when they come up with their secret up. love song. Secret love yeah. song. But it's like there was a, a small moment where Ian McGregor's like, "Oh, you've offended me," and like we're not yeah. true love anymore. And then they make up, and that's that's fine. And then we get the um, one of the backup dancers. Oh, this 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 yeah. was this was diabolical. 
One of the backroom dancers we've not been shown to see as being like no. catty or like having any sort of like ruffled feathers at all. Goes no. over to the Duke and just like, hey, by the way, let's play this scene. In return. This ending's silly. Why would the courtesan go for the penniless rights? Whoops. I mean, sitar player. Boom. Like, what's your deal, lady? That's some big news you're dropping. Like, there are just times, like, that is one. And then later on, uh, when we get to the Duke here in a moment, where it's just like, I, there's so rarely times where someone, like, full-fledged admits, like, to themselves, I am the bad person. And, like... <laughs> and it's okay with it. It's like, yeah, the bad yeah. guy should win, son of a bitch. Yeah. Like, dude, that like Duke at the end, like, it just comes with a full fledged realization. I am the bad person, yeah. and I should win. That <laughs> given, and then yeah, this this Nini or Nina character, we I I don't think we've seen her at all. I don't even think that we've seen her as like a somewhat background dancer. There's not been anything of like she's I, the second Diamond Dog. Or I think we I, saw her in that early Moulin Rouge thing, but it was just sure. as one of the girls. It wasn't like as any any sort of like standout. As far as I know, this is her first, the first words that she says in this movie are, that's a horrible ending. Yeah. Yeah. She's just like <laughs> such an agent of chaos. Like what's your deal, lady? Absolutely like a, closed yeah. the game up. Like if it was even like, you know, if we had like a, a quick scene between her and Siddler saying like, hey, I can take over. Like, you know, she's going to die. I need to take over this. Or like, let me go and woo the Duke. Like, sure. That now we got some stakes. We got some reasoning. This was just like, <laughs> I want to go blow up someone's spot. <laughs> I will say, I will say in the, in the point of time, I would not have wanted any more of a like. I don't want another element of the love triangle. I wouldn't yeah. have wanted any more yeah, flushing yeah, yeah. out of anything else because it yeah. was almost like long, long. It was yeah long, but like okay, I can deal with two hours. Mm -hmm. They would have done like a thirty minutes of that. I would have been Ooh, no, 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 thank you. Yeah, yeah. I didn't need her to have like a secret. I want to be with you in yeah. You no, know, thank you. No, no, thank you. No, um, but they did use her so that the so yes. once she's like, hey. Uh, the ending is basically you getting cucked, buddy. And then that guy's mm -hmm. like, let's not do that. Let's have the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not a fan of the cucks. No. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather not do that. So then he's like, you guys come up with a, with a better ending with a, where, where she ends up with the, with the rich dude. Cause that's, you know, yeah. what's going to happen in real life too. And then in the best, actually, you know, Nicole is a courtesan scene we we see her actually for the first time really using her feminine wiles to change the duke's mind this to me is the first scene where we really see her like turning on her charms to like actually tailor it to the duke yeah and then again yeah. this is where we we get to the movie's strongest case of mm. using a modern song to go over the exposition of what's happening in this situation and beautifully done because the what needs to be achieved here is Nicole Kidman needs to go have sex with the Duke and get him to agree mm -hmm. that she loves him and that they can have the ending that they want. Yeah. Where the sitar player and the, and the courtesan get together. That's the goal. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, this is, this is how you can like, just like, 
going back and watching these movies, I think is an interesting way of seeing just the 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 subtlety of who are, whose drama are we focusing on? Are we focusing on the person who actually has to go sleep with someone that they don't like at all for the sake of like them and everyone else they're with? <laughs> or are we focusing on the drama of the person I love has to go sleep with somebody else. Like yeah. the more interesting drama is she has to go do the sex. And no, we, fo- we go, we follow the pouty you and no, I don't want you to have sex yeah. with someone can't else. Like, share you. You just agreed like legit 15 minutes, like less than 15 minutes ago in this movie, you had just had this conversation where she specifically said, this is going to be an issue. And you said, you said you'd be okay with it. I got no sympathy for you. Ewan. none whatsoever. Either say that you can't handle it, or if you say if you can say you if you say you can handle it, let it handle. You cause so much of this issue because all of a sudden your emotions are no, I don't want it to happen anymore. Well, then say that initially. Yeah. Well, and she's already put on a master class of going this long without having yeah. to have sex already. Yeah. Like, how have you done that and convinced him that you're into him? And at this yeah. point in the game, all right, the jigs up. You got to have sex with him. Like it's just kind of is what it is at this point. Um, so let's get into the sizzle of the movie. I think this is mm-hmm. probably unanimous number one sizzle from the two of us. Uh, this is definitely the stung, longest. Stung in all in all of the Argentinian bars. <laughs> this guy's voice. I just like I can't imagine a better rendition of Roxanne than it's, what this guy's able to belt out. Yeah, in my opinion, it's better than the than the original. And that's, oh, that's close. Yeah. Not even close, and well, and this it, the, the, it's such a climax of the movie that mm-hmm. it sucks that there's 30 more minutes to go, and it's not like like yeah. I was saying a, a while ago, like it's not the last 30 minutes is like bad or anything. It's like this is clearly the best part of the movie, and it, when it's over, it you kind of feel it. Yeah, even uh, like even some of the quotes that he has before he gets into the like as he's like getting ready to get into the actual singing of it, like never fall in love with the woman who sells herself. It always ends bad. And without trust, there can be no love. I'm like, these are like, these are the kinds of, of, uh, you know, taglines I would have liked if they had gone into a little bit more. Well, they're they're so, they foreshadow so much of the, the only thing that matters is the love and to be loved in return. Like that part of it, Mm -hmm. that a lot of the other, I guess, foreshadowing elements don't, come up as much because they try to feed into that ending a lot. But anyway, let's let's go ahead and play mm-hmm. what, what we all came here to see. <laughs> First there is desire. There can be no trust. Without trust, there is no love! Jealousy! Yes, jealousy! Will drive you mad! You don't have 
have to put on that red light. Walk the streets for money. You don't care if it's wrong or if it is right. Rotten. So that 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 last yeah. part always gets me. If it is right, like it's so he enunciates it everywhere. Right. There are no contractions in Argentina. No. No. <laughs> when you only if get is right. twenty words to say through the movie, he's saying. Yeah, right. I'm and not falling their... asleep for this. I'll tell you that. <laughs> we also see the <laughs> we also see the return of uh, Bad Girl Diamond Dog. Yeah, she's yeah, the, she is she's Roxanne. The dancer, essentially, she's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her um, her virtual punishment in this movie is that essentially through the language of this of this song, she's getting gang banged. Is is like her <laughs> like that like that's the issue that she has to deal with. That's maybe why she's so bitter. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Uh, um, so we get that amazing, amazing song, and through the um, through that that kind of montagey stuff happening as he's singing, mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor can't wait. He can't handle the jealousy. He goes out mm-hmm. to the to the street overlooking the where the balcony overlooks of the Duke's <laughs> place or whatever, and then Nicole Kidman sees him and can't go through mm-hmm. with sex, and then you get the attempted rape. Which is I do, bad yeah. boy Duke has become full bad boy Duke. <laughs> I feel that we also forgot to mention that everyone in this movie is part owl. Like everyone has incredible bird eye vision. Yeah. Like she's like legit, what, like seven, eight, uh, ten stories up. And like they're looking at each other, like making like direct eye contact and not even <laughs> knowing that each other are there. And then the Duke, not like the Duke's like so good at noticing this. He also can pinpoint that, oh, yeah, that's the writer. Yeah, you guys are. Yeah. Oh, I know what love looks like <laughs> from ten stories up. <laughs> no, he's, yeah, he, he's, this... he's 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 shouting this down from the balcony. Always this ridiculous obsession with love. <laughs> but that uh, yeah, that yeah. ends up with uh, with uh, with the chocolate, the chocolate. Le Chocolat is saving her yet again. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he uh, sucker punches the Duke in the face. Uh, well, sucker punch. He just cold clocks him in the head, knocks him <laughs> out, gets uh, Nicole Kidman out of there. And then Ziggler again comes up and like talks the Duke down. He's like, no, it's fine. This is all again a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's all we can we can still the show can go on. And then the Duke uh, does does this his. Full Duke has gone Bond villain route, especially with the delivery here. What's wrong? <laughs> I'm staying with the Duke. Oh, no. This one. <laughs> like, he's, he's, listen to the delivery on this one. He's gone full Nicole Kidman. I'm sorry. This, him. Is, this, this is the scene. Boy, he, he has bewitched her with words. I want her back, Zedron. Find us. Tell her that the show will end my way, and she will come to me when the curtain falls. Or I'll have the boy killed. Killed. Like, what are you doing there with the delivery? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's going full in. That's what it's like. He's committing to. Yeah, I got now. I gotta be the bad boy. I don't. I don't understand why. 
But we go from, yeah, Duke just kind of being kind of an innocuous, you know, person who obviously is is trying to buy the love of Santine. But in the language of this movie, that doesn't seem to be making, you know, that's not a bad person just just in, uh, by itself. That is not making right it's not yeah. oh just because you go to the moulin rouge means you're a bad person just because yeah. you go to a prostitute doesn't mean you're a bad person what makes you a bad person is you're not paying for it is that you're not accepting the the no answer right yeah. that's that's how we now are now and it, i love that these the movies like this that as soon as we as the audience see that turn the character now is like oh i've been this way forever and now <laughs> let me <laughs> And like now we finally get the full reveal of oh okay so he is like he's the full on crazy okay let's go well it's just like the the decision to go rape I think you can't go back from <laughs> like you can't no. be like oh that was the the height the heat of passion I was like I felt you know bewitched with rage in that moment or whatever. You can't. Mm-hmm. They they just went with like, oh, he's just like always been that way. We've only shown you, you know, a little bit of him here and there, so you haven't seen the full breadth of his badness. But the mm-hmm. evil henchman, like his his bald um, killer guy or whatever that he had with him the whole time, this is where he becomes like an actual plot point in the movie. Like he's now gonna be seeking and destroying you and McGregor. It feels like. Oh, if yeah, he's yeah. seen again, like seek, seek and destroy. <laughs> um, I don't know about weaponizing, but this this it's an interesting final act here. Like this this last I don't know what roughly thirty minutes somewhere in yeah. that range of the movie. It really like it's the end of the of the farce, and it sees the villain turn for two characters, really like the Duke obviously is, is, you know, is the villain, right? He threatens, um, uh, Christian with, yeah, the, the bald manservant. Whenever someone says like my manservant, like, Ooh, you get a weird feeling. You only have a manservant. If you want some (laughs) illegal things to be done, like manservant is the person you're like, Hey, I need something to happen. And they're like, okay, I'll, I'll say that you never told me that. Like that's what a manservant does. I just don't know why the necessity for man in front of servant. Like, why can't it just be my servant? I mean, you obviously he's a giant bald man. You don't got to specify mm-hmm. which amongst your servants he is. But that, I, that that's the that's what we're getting as the reason why Nicole yeah. Kidman has to save Christian or Ian McGregor. She has to. Yeah convince him that she's choosing the Duke so that he doesn't get gunned down by whatever his name is. Manservant. Yeah. And this is it was... the acting performance <laughs> of a lifetime that she gives him to convince him that she's choosing the Duke. What's wrong? I'm staying with the Duke. After I left you, the Duke came to see me and he offered me everything. Everything that I've ever dreamed of. He has one condition. I must never see you again. See, for me, what would have been clever here, and it's tough because they do so much interweaving between the story that they're creating 
and then mm-hmm. the love story that's playing out. But I really would have preferred, again, we talk about Nicole Kidman's acting ability. I would mm-hmm. have loved it if here the turn is her, the way that she tries to convince him that it was all an act was, is her trying to, to use the excuse of you needed to feel like you were in love to create mm-hmm. this story. And I was just trying to be what you needed to be to get me out of here because I can now, I now have the performance I need to make me an actress. Yeah. Right. This is like, you know, the, if you boil it down, right. It's the old yeller, you know, kind of ideas. Like I want to yell at you and I want to make you mad so that you leave me. So you don't really think about it too much. Right. So the idea, I, I love that idea. Like, yeah, make her, you know, vol- you know, voluntarily choose to be the bad person. Right. Like yeah. I was never I never loved you. I only was doing this. I am a courtesan. This is what I do is I make people fall in love with with yeah. me so I can get something out of you. Obviously, you didn't have any money. The thing that I could get out of you was your talent. Like, yeah, though, that would sting. Like and someone of her caliber being able to say that in that moment would that would actually have a little authenticity this was like what is all i think is like is there a wink coming or like we're gonna no we're gonna at the very end reveal that oh the manservant was behind the curtain and so that they both knew what was going on and they were saying this for his benefit Uh which which by the way i don't know first or second best warner in a 2001 movie bald manservant or <laughs> legally blonde's uh, ex <laughs> that's t- I, I good on you for picking up the name i never would have caught right. that uh but i mean there's just no way that that was a strong enough reason for mm-hmm. ewan not to show up i mean he definitely was going to show up to the performance which he does gets kicked mm-hmm. out or whatever and then he breaks in this is a rough. It. This is rough for for our boy you in here. This is where it's like, if this is your true character, I don't want you to succeed. Like he goes, like he turns all like not quite as obviously like rape bad as as the Duke, but like this is like we see two villains. Like he has a pretty villainous turn here, where he like, well, he like fine. You broke my heart. Well, you are you are a piece of trash. Yeah. You don't even deserve to live. Like that is like how he goes from like I love you with all of my heart to like you are the worst human of all humans of ever, of all time. And it's a bit. To, it's a bit much. It's a lot. It's very much all about him all the time in his world. But he breaks into the play. He tries to like grab her, ambush her backstage. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really work. Um, <laughs> And then I forget exactly how it happened, but narcolepsy guy, of course, when it matters most, show day, mm-hmm. narcolepsy is downstairs. Full on mm-hmm. falls asleep, knocks himself out. And you think, is it a bad thing you and McGregor gets dressed up and, and, and decides <laughs> I'm going to play? The, I just want to put myself in his head here because he does put on his is the the lead's clothes. Is mm-hmm. it for it's one of it's for one of two reasons. One, he's trying to use it as a disguise so he can find Nicole Kidman backstage and give her the talking to he wants to. Or mm-hmm. he is planning on doing this role. You don't think that's no. the case? No, because it doesn't seem like he has any interest of actually showing up on stage. 
And when, you know, it's revealed that he actually is <laughs> on stage, he does not go along with it. He's like, nope, peace out. Bye, guys. Well, that's like, when the, that's mean, when the movie, again, it, it kind of reels <laughs> me back in. Because this is at the point where we don't know the ending anymore. Because we've had the ending that they wrote was denied by the Duke. We don't mm-hmm. know if they agreed to change the ending to where the wealthy guy gets the, the courtesan or what. And then once we get to that point in the movie, it becomes real life. The yeah. play and the movie become one. The actors mm-hmm. have changed. We're all now literal, which, yeah. great. That that really sold me. At that, that moment, I'm like, very cleverly done. Applause to you. The mm-hmm. issue I have is from the audience perspective, this is weird as shit. The movie oh, yeah. audience, yeah, makes sense. Audience of the play, I don't know. And we'll get to So this is where Ewan McGregor is now showing up on stage in the costume of the penniless sitar player. I mean, he looks he looks like a dead-on, spot-on role <laughs> for the Argentinian. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go ahead and play how they how they handle it on stage. My boy Zidler. <laughs> I am not fooled, though he has shaved off his beard and adopts a disguise. My eyes do not lie. For it is he, the same penniless sitar player. <laughs> Driven mad by jealousy. Driven mad by jealousy. Like just once, I want to be a part of a crowd that we all simultaneously have that kind of reaction together. Oh, like everyone in that entire uh, audience is just like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> I'm, but yeah, I'm stunned. <laughs> like the the idea of of yeah, what would it be like to be in a play that is like actually being interrupted while the play is going on, and not and not being able to tell the difference between <laughs> is this part of the play or not. That like that feels like a a very two thousands improv thing to do. <laughs> yeah, and then so the 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 first the first play out of this is Ewan McGregor basically like gives her his 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 two cents on stage, throws the money at her, is like all you ever were were to me was a whore. Here's your money, and then walks off mm-hmm. the stage, and then John Leguizamo comes through with the whole jumping from the the, the ceiling with the all it is all the beloved and loved in return business mm-hmm. that they've been foreshadowing mm-hmm. the entirety of the movie. They finally get to give the ending both literally and uh meta in the in the play. All happening. Now, what do we what do we think though about love though, Matthew? And say your wedding bow. I've got it! I've got it! The greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return! Like that's it's not that cool of a saying. I guess like for that, that's the big climax of your play and that you've foreshadowed it so many times. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, fine, I guess. Especially like, that, not screamed. Like something about being screamed takes yeah. away from the emotional impact of it. 
but that kicked the love back into gear from both of them. They're like, oh, you know what? You're right. Yeah, they're both like, hey, you know what? We've come up with this secret song. Let's see what happens if we try and sing it together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it works out. But the the um, whole element of this that I I find a, a, a layer of cringe mm-hmm. is when manservant Michelle or whatever his name is. Did you come up with Michelle? <laughs> What's his name? Warner. Warner. Okay. Michelle. He looks like a Michelle. He's French. Yeah, Gilmore Girls. Let's do this. Let's... Yeah. Uh, when he's like comically hunting him down with the gun and he's like on stage and he like pretends to be a part of the band mm-hmm. and then like shimmies his way into a better <laughs> angle. I'm just like, what's going on? It's so silly. This like again, like that not to keep going back to the the Chicago references, but I did keep like especially when the gun starts floating in the air and getting knocked out of people's hands. I'm like, all I could think of is everybody reach for the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good one. That but the Chicago had yet to exist yet in terms of the right, yeah. Well, know, I mean, neither yeah, you know, yeah. I was like, yeah, trying to think of like, can they keep, can they use a musical from something that hasn't made yet? <laughs> if they're going to use, you know, Nirvana, why can't they use a Chicago song? Um, but yeah, this is where we, yeah, we get the, I guess the, the, the thing we haven't, I guess, gone into yet is so after this happens, right? Duke gets punched in the face, gun goes flying out the window, uh, all is well. And then she says she's gonna run off with uh, with Christian to Zidler, and mm-hmm. that's when we get the 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 actual health reveal, right? No, he gave her the "you're dying." Oh, that's why she chose to lie to Christian. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And then the so whole is when... over the show must go on. Thing yeah, yeah, yeah. Right before, which you know, I can cut that. That in the like a virgin, snip snip. Yeah. And the whole mm-hmm. like um. Let's go ahead and just do this performance, even though our lead is dying. <laughs> situation to me is a little bit hard to understand. Like, what's the long term goal here? Nina's going to be the new girl. The show must go on. And your way out of you now have a dead actress on your. You know, I mean, you can and you do. That's 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 the sad reality. Well, the saddest reality is her dying right then and there. Like she dies night of performance in the backstage as everyone's cheering. Like she died out there. I, I do have a question for you though. Just as as we are led to believe that Ewan McGregor is essentially the, you know the penniless sitar player, the penniless writer, he, he throws what appears to be a huge amount of money down on Satine when he's like, "I'm going to pay for you like you're my whore." Right. He it looks I mean, I have no idea what French currency is, but that looked like he's making it rain as in like a hurricane. It felt like thousands of dollars. He's just rain throwing on the ground. Face. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> that would have been awesome if he just had like two big old slat stacks of money just slapping her across the face. <laughs> I'm getting like, worth of these slaps. I mean, yeah, that he they, he must have been getting his money's worth if that's what he thinks he he owes her. Like, yeah, I mean, there was he a lot of tire off that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of nights. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I do not love as much as I don't want this movie to be longer, and I rarely mm. would make a note for any movie to be longer. Yeah. Uh, it was abrupt, where she's like, "All right, she's dead," and then it's then loops back to the beginning of the movie where he's writing this all down, which seems to have been a year later. Based off I, of subtle narration. Yeah, 
he starts by saying a year earlier I came to the Moulin Rouge. So like so, how long has you know has the play and all that been taken to write, produce, and make? Let's say six months. So maybe he's been depressed for six months and is now writing this. Writing a story about, right. about a story that they've already released as a play. Yes. Which is nuts. Yeah. I mean, they've already written and performed the sitar courtesan duke situation mm-hmm. and now it's i'm writing the behind the scenes yeah on the production you know and this is where like if if i was a part of the writing consulting process for this this is where i would have suggested especially when it was still relatively novel the idea of well he's writing this right but what he's actually writing is he's writing this for the duke's benefit he's writing this to make the world think that santine died when she didn't and that we end up revealing that she's like right behind him and that they're living, you know, they actually lived a, a life or, Honestly. or that, you know, the gun went off and it was, you know, her writing at the beginning saying, Oh, my love died or, or what, or Toulouse is writing the story about these two people and their tragic love. And we get the reveal. We think one of them had died and it wasn't the fact that one of them actually dies just out of something. I mean, I, I don't say boring, like consumption, but like, <laughs> It does. It, it feels very anticlimactic to basically be like, all right, we now agree that we love each other through all the circumstances, and our reward is like legit. Two minutes after that, you're dead. Yeah, like that's I, I, that's a. I couldn't agree more that getting rid of the consumption would have helped a lot. Whether the the ending is Nicole Kidman still dying because Manservant shot her instead of Ewan mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, that would have been better. But the whole, I think the whole, she's dying aspect was done to buck a, like a obvious trend of they're gonna be happily ever after at the end. Yeah, which I get it. Like you want to be unique in that aspect, but I do like I like the idea of the fake death aspect to avoid, you know, any sort of where is she now aspect yeah. of you know finding the the courtesan. Yeah, and especially you know, it's probably not an easy, uh, easy way of getting out of that life. You know, mm-hmm. like this could be a way of like you and taking her money that she's earned and t- turning it legitimate by by becoming a writer or a playwright or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, there's there's other ways, but obviously they, I mean, this is not a willy nilly choice. They chose this as the as the ending from the very beginning. It feels, yeah. and obviously you can tell this this guy, this you know, the director likes himself some tragic romance, right? He mm-hmm. didn't choose Romeo and Juliet out of nowhere either. Like the guy likes romantic buildup and doesn't want to worry about you know the actual relationship. Like let's just let's focus on that intense romance. Let's not even worry about what would happen in a real relationship. Let's just cut that thing right in the bud and just say they loved each other. That's all they needed to happen. Which I get, like, for the sake of a simplistic, yes, arc, I don't mind it because they, they, they didn't they didn't flub, in my opinion, anything too badly with the overall arc of the movie. I thought there was enough there to where each characters were having to go through things, learn things, making mm. choices. All that was there. There's aspects that could have made this movie could have turned it from good to potentially best of the decade for sure. But yeah, as it, as yeah. it stands, it's flawed enough to where it's it's vulnerable in a lot of these categories. Yeah, but I mean, I, I will say as as someone who has only had ever seen clips of this, I, I can't say I've ever seen the entire movie, especially in one sitting. It did surprise me. It, it was a 
more competently made movie than I thought it was going to be going in. And mm-hmm. I did, despite myself, get caught more into the storyline than I thought I was going to be. You know, a lot of these ones, I'm like, oh, I'm multitasking. I'm, you know, doing something else while I'm half paying uh-huh. attention. And there were definitely times I'm like, oh, I need to see what's going on in the screen. You know, I, I, you know the visuals are so compelling. I got to really start. I got to really pay attention. And that that is a like, that is part of what this movie specifically is going for is that visual and emotional impact it's not really telling complex character stories the everyone is kind of a boilerplate character it's just the execution of those characters that is done very well in most cases and i think the story and the way that they chose the music worked well there's just enough issues in the length you know, some of the things that just didn't quite connect, so especially the comedic moments, just uh, cause it not to quite, for me, get to that level where I'm like, yeah, this is an easy recommend. Yeah. Hey, I agree. I think um, the genre-breaking element of it for me is a reason enough to recommend yeah. it because it's a, maybe a good starting off point for someone that doesn't like musicals to be like, all right, well, check this out. Do you not like <laughs> any singing? Or do you just not like musical musicals? Because mm-hmm. this one isn't quite a musical musical. I think it's a story first musical, which I appreciate. Yeah. Are there any oh. final takes on the movie before we wrap up another matchup? Are we sorry, we wrap up this leg <laughs> of the matchup. Um, I was underwhelmed by the stage performance of Spectacular Spectacular. Like from the very brief glimpses that we saw of the actual what the play would actually look like, it it I don't know, it did not seem like something I would want to go see. I yeah, do not I, think that's lasting for 50 years. <laughs> I don't know. I go back and forth again. I don't want the movie to be longer. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to have seen more. I I would have changed how we as the audience, I would have changed the direction of how Christian is trying to get on stage or trying to talk to mm-hmm. to Natalie, to, to Nicole Kidman. Sorry, I, I would have liked the idea he's trying to win her love. Yeah. And he's like, I want to be on stage delivering this line to her mm-hmm. or singing our song to her on set, something like that. Big, grand, yeah. romantic gesture. And then we see the play as it was written up until that point, basically. And then we see the whole, which layer of reality are we going to go down? Which yeah. choices are going to be? Yeah. Or just something as simple as like, if you're you know, instead of spending whatever that first five minutes on sound of music, which doesn't really have any payoff, do another something love song at the beginning. That's very famous and catchy. And then use that at the end. Like, so then it has a little bit more of a payoff. Like, Oh, that's right. You did sing, you know, some other love song very, very early instead of Sound of Music, and now we're paying it off in Spectacular Spectacular. Uh-huh. You don't have to see it again. Like this, I think some of those things would have made more sense than, like, why start it as a Swiss play making Sound of Music and then completely switch it, like, for no real reason other than I think he just sees a sitar, or, like, he wants to. Like, <laughs> I don't know what... <laughs> It was like you like you like these like you have been hired by this group of people who already have a working concept, already have a scale model of like a, a Switzerland village that they're that they're practicing with. And you just on the cuff say, no, we're going to do it in India. Like, man, 
It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of improv. That's a when they committed to all those things back in that early pitch to the Duke in that right. song. They, yeah, they got to have elephants out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This uh, definitely, no, I think yeah, that's about it. Yeah, definitely rewrites up and down. That could have been. That could have been done. They just, they need to start consulting us. Really, what it comes down yeah. to. You know, send yeah. the script our way. We'll give you some notes. Yeah, and for a you know, and for a movie that you know was at least at the time was very publicized or advertised on the kind of the the sex appeal, right? You know, the the Moulin Rouge song and that video with Pink and Christina and all of them. Like this movie is is almost surprisingly chaste. Like again, I, I keep coming back to like I can't, I don't understand how they could take Nicole Kidman and not make her a believable like sexual vixen. Like, yeah, they just aren't like, I just like that would have sold more of, of the, is she like, does she actually love you? And at the end, like that, I think would have played out a lot better. Had we seen just a little bit more of like that sexual temptress portion of the courtesan, or maybe even seeing her do this kind of thing or, or Nina or somebody doing this to someone else, or I think, a little bit more of showing the differences or why Centine's doing this and things like that would have gone a long way again of that character motivation. But yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I love Nicole Kidman. I mean, she's, she can act really. And I, I don't watch it. I mean, I don't care what she's <laughs> acting. I think she's such an, like, such a fun person to watch, but this role was mainly about singing. It felt like. It wasn't yeah. really about her being a believable courtesan. She's very pretty. I think that's all she needed to do to be like, yeah. all right. I think if people <laughs> want to have sex with you. Good enough. But all right. Yeah. It's believable that people will want to have sex with you. That's all. That's yeah. all that matters. I have more issues um, with you and McGregor than I have with her. I mean, he's more bland. I don't know. I don't know if that's good or bad. He just doesn't have the zaniness that that I always re will remember now of Nicole's character in this, with that weird <laughs> Looney Tunes zaniness. I will he always remember. <laughs> like, in, like, the two movies we've now seen in Nicole this year are, like, the wildest ranges of performances. Like, crazy zany in this one, and, like, absolute, like, whisper-talking and so serious all the time in the other. He's versatile. Like, she can do anything. He is. He is. Um, but no, I think uh, that kind of wraps it up for where I have. And uh, this is going to be an interesting showdown with with the next movie on our on our docket. You want to you want to talk about what the next movie is or you want me to do? Why don't you go in and give the reveal? I trust in your in your prowess. So we have what I think is the star making vehicle of Captain America himself. Yeah. Not another teen movie. Yeah, this is the, I get legitimate, I, I get why there would be some legitimate critiques to allow me. <laughs> you, you do, do you? <laughs> I can, I can, I know I understand. And when I see other people coming out with their lists and there's things mm -hmm. like, like Amelie and there's like Magnolia and like other movies that potentially would have had a shot, maybe. Mm -hmm. Do I think? Not another teen movie has a shot at winning the decade. No, I don't think it has a shot. How but, dare you? <laughs> but I think it offers something to the table. I think there's a reason why, you know, a a 
maybe a D2 school can mm-hmm. can get a team in the tournament every now and then. You know, you got to yeah. reward some element of cinema that's not classically rewarded. And this type of potentially best of its class parody movie mm-hmm. deserves a look. It might not yeah. be the best overall movie. It might not be a good movie, but it is, mm-hmm. I think, a top five parody movie, maybe of all time. And it came out in 2000, 2001, sorry. Yeah, yeah I mean, this was the ripe zone of, of the parody movie genre. Like, Scary Movie kind of re-kicked it off as it had been kind of languishing after, you know, Airplane. And, and no one really had been doing a lot of uh, uh-huh. sat, you know, these kinds of full-on parody movies. And then, yeah, Scary Movie was like, oh, we can make money on the cheap with these kinds of things? <laughs> let's let's turn every genre into a movie, you know, epic movie, date movie. And I, I agree. I, I think without – it's been a good 10 years since I've seen it. I do think that this is one I will I remember as being – the you know a cut above the other parody movies that it actually yeah. the comedy worked a little better more standalone it wasn't only referencing other movies i think the plot actually kind of works mm-hmm. i think it's mainly because they just choose one movie and go off that yeah. one movie's your that's plot a, that's movie smart. and then you have other yeah yeah, yeah. That, and that's a smart way of doing a parody it's smart movie. well we'll see we'll see yeah. again this is this is one that neither of us have seen in quite a long time it's it's going to have its challenges mulan mulan rouge is not an easy uh, competitor to go against so yeah. it's going to have to perform well and uh mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll we'll leave that to to next time to to see if it does uh but for now we have uh we've got another one in the books mhm we are okay. motoring through the holiday season is is officially in the rear view even though this was billed as a, a somewhat holiday movie. It did not come through with its holiday themes. No, I don't know where I don't know where the Christmas came from. Like this is on it's some just, list. It's a New like Year a, movie, I think. Maybe, it's, maybe it's New Year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, it makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, we're down to what our last uh, last five movies of of two thousand one. So Home we're stretch. we're cra- we're cranking away. <laughs> yeah. The the machine is 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 making making progress. We're slowly mm-hmm. churning through cinema movies. And you know why? You know why? Because we can, can, can. <laughs> because we can, can, can. <laughs> yeah, and because we, we, we also... Always this ridiculous <laughs> obsession with love. That was only... Yeah. Oh, I, got I, no I did, I, obsessions I, with love. I did have one other note, is at the end of that, of when... Um, uh, Nicole Kidman faints for the very first time when the diamonds for, are forever. And Zidler just comes like, well, I guess it's time to do the hunka dunka. <laughs> it's a hunka dunka time, everybody. And, like, he, and he has like a full on side of like, all right, we're switching it from can can to hunka dunka. And I'm like, what uh-huh. is hunka dunka? I wanted to see more of that dance, but that's, yeah. that's, that's my ender. Hunka dunka. That's where they, they, they bring out all the. Yes. You make her feel like a, Virgin. <laughs> and what? They compete for the hunkadunkas? Yeah, all the virgins <laughs> compete with the hunkadunkas on the inside. No, don't even try that. <laughs> Nicole, Nicole, do you have any thoughts on how that on how that makes you feel? <laughs> What's wrong? I'm staying with the Duke. 
No, wrong one. Wow, wow, she's staying with the Duke. How dare you pick that one and not her scream, scream excited. But anyway, I think that could be it for today. (laughs) You want to end with some naughty sounds? Too much potions on a traveling show. Don't stop. I know it's not. They want more. The people are screaming for more. I'm sorry, Nicole. I'm sorry. There will always be next time. Next time she wins an award, I want I want her just to verbatim just to go up there and do that. Just a live reading of (laughs) (laughs) more. More. There must be more. Yes. Okay. Well, that 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 wraps it up for today. You have nothing else? No, no, no lasting thoughts. You don't have to put on that dress tonight. That's, that's, that's Aww, what I got. That's nice. final. <laughs> well, remember, we are the OMGs, and we will be watching. Watch. That's a good. That's a good one. Last time was better.